Chad, does that mean, are we recording? Is it going now? We're good? This is the podcast. Yeah, we're good. We're we're ready. We okay, got the thumbs uh, up it, from Chad. What's going on with Chad? <laughs> <laughs> we, we've got the thumbs up from Chad. We're good to go. Okay, so we're cooking. It's just started to rain here, uh, and the really ambitious idea of having an indoor-outdoor podcast, Josh being indoor, Biko's being outdoors, is, is showing its first troubles uh it's not raining in the control room though is it buddy uh no not that i'm aware of although you never know these uh these ceiling tiles they could always start leaking or something like that you never know how good the plumbing is in, in an old stadium like this yeah 1926 grayson stadium was created uh thank you everybody who is listening to the first episode of the rain delay podcast and it is raining so it's actually pretty apropos but it's a it's such a slight sprinkle i can probably only count about 20 to 50 drops of rain on my laptop and i think a big bertha here is going to be able to survive it uh josh why did we want to start a podcast buddy why are we doing this you know, I, I think it's one of those things where you, you reach the off season. You're not broadcasting yeah. games anymore. And, and yeah, and, and let's look, let's face it, man. We've, we've got things we want to talk about. And <laughs> I, I just do? don't think, I don't think that we can spend this, this time apart from each other is, is the real, the real problem. No, and we talk on the phone just about every week, and we update each other on our lives and work and, and this and that, but uh, but it's different when other people aren't listening to us. We yearn to be listened to, guys like us, the, the guys who desire to be in front of the camera and on the mic. Uh, and as you mentioned, there's a lot of stuff we'd love to talk about uh, when it comes to this podcast, the Rain Delay podcast. By the way, that's Josh Tolevsky is the other voice. This is Biko Scala. I'm the play-by-play voice of the Bananas. If anybody stumbles across this podcast and doesn't know who we are, Josh is the statistical savant of the uh, Savannah Bananas as well. And, you know, when when we do our broadcasts, it, it's, you know, I'm the play-by-play guy. You're the color commentary. It's There's, like, kind of roles we fall into there. But now we're in a new medium it's like, who's the host? Who should be the host of this podcast? Everyone's wondering. There, No, there are no rules. Uh, if anything, I think we default to Chad being the host of the podcast, actually. I think that that's uh, the, fairest, the fairest option here. I don't think you guys want that. This is just going to become me talking about the movies that I watched and the video games that I played. <laughs> So there's Chad Reese, the uh, coordinating producer of Bananas Television, as well as the coordinating producer of the Rain Delay podcast. Uh, he is not being paid for his work here, although once we get millions and millions of listeners, maybe Josh and I will pass a couple shekels over to him. Uh, Chad, thank you for for all your work and everything that you do in our lives. Um, I, I am in the spot, for anybody who listened to Bananas Unpeeled back in the day with Biko and uh, Barry Aldridge, as they speak in third person, this is where I recorded, actually, the lion's share of Bananas Unpeeled podcast. You got this big device here, uh, I think heats or cools the house, I'm not sure which. That's like an old, that's an old septic tank over there. We got the wood pile to my left. There's just something unique about podcasting outdoors. I, I know it's something you haven't experienced in life, Josh, but maybe, maybe try it out one time. Yeah, not particularly. Does this feel like a full circle moment at all for you right now? Very much so. Very much so. Uh, you and Barry Aldridge, I feel like you could have similar vibes on the mic. I feel like you have similar wit. Uh, just a couple baseball guys slapping a mic on and, and having some fun. 
so yeah, this is this is pretty full circle. It's fun. I tried to do it on the front porch, which was much more picturesque, but it's got a Wi-Fi extender out there, and it, according to our coordinating producer, Chad, it, it just was not up to snuff. So I think now it's good to tell people what to expect from this podcast. I mean, obviously, we're both employed by Fans First Entertainment and the Savannah Bananas, so there will be a lot of Bananas content, but there are other things that Josh and I want to talk about in the world, uh, and I would like to work, I'm going to call this work, in a sweatshirt like I'm doing today, and if you're watching on the Rain Delay Podcast YouTube, you can see I just put my hood up. That feels pretty neat to me to be on a mic, but also be kind of casual, you know? Yeah, I, I don't typically get to go on air in my my like regular Josh clothes, so... Right now, and and I'm giving this to the people for free. I've got on oh. this golf uh, pullover sweatshirt. Uh, I've got on some nice blue jeans. Uh, my classic pair of Reebok. So that's kind of the the November first fit for me. By the way, happy November first. I hope you had a great Halloween, Biko. Yes, and I will send that to all of our listeners and viewers online as well. Is this your first podcast ever? Have you podcasted before? Because I have done probably over 100, so I'm a, I'm a seasoned vet. I, I pretty much know what I'm doing at this point. I, I wouldn't say I've done a ton. I've done it sparingly, though. Have you hosted or have you just been a guest on other folks' No, I have, I have never hosted my own in my life. So this is, this is pretty new territory, but I'm telling you, I feel right at home. We, we just do this all the time in a sense. Yeah, it's just, it's just the guys chanting it up. So I, I think that's a big theme of this podcast, right? It's like a little bit of a window into the Biko, Josh, and Chad relationship here. Um, and naturally, Chad is coordinating producing the podcast, so this just, just completely makes sense. Uh, and and what's going on behind the scenes a little bit. So that's that's going to be a big part of it. Obviously, as as we work in Banana Land, we'll be updating you on things that are happening in Savannah. And most of the world hasn't heard from me since October 5th when we did the 2024 World Tour draft. Um, so I figure it's a good time to update folks on what I've been up to. Just doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, helping out our marketing king, Zach Bro and uh, Chris Sachi, the Italian rap scallion with, a whole lot of work they're doing. Then I'm up in Jersey City a lot. Currently, I'm in upstate New York on uh, the high school home here on Glenary Farm. Follow them on Instagram. You got a lot of great pics there if you like looking at animals and flowers. Uh, and, you know, I'm getting a little R&R, &R, a nice little housewarming party a couple weekends ago. Uh, I've purchased a basketball and a soccer ball. So I'm kind of leaning into being an active man in, in sports in, in this offseason. I've actually worked out. I've probably worked out. Since the draft, more times in total than I did since I graduated high school back in 2015, up until the World Tour draft. So I'm, I'm kind of like turning a corner. I think I'm growing up as I approach 27 years old. Josh, what have you been up to since we were last on uh, Bananas Airwaves? Uh, well, I can tell you, I probably have not been working out as, as much as you have. And while Naturally. I'm not playing basketball, I've, I've been getting into a little more tennis. Believe it or not, yeah. we got a nice little tennis club going around the office. And, oh, uh, no way! Yeah, it's awesome. Dude, I I'm telling you, as much as I love playing, and we've we've had some pretty great doubles matches, I just live for, like, the time when somebody's like, hey, let's play a singles match one-on-one. -on -one. I just – I feel those competitive juices flowing again, and, and it's oh, it's a pretty riveting nice. feeling. And, and by the oh. way, you're – your host mom, Paula, she's she's happy to hear that I'm playing tennis as well, being the tennis fanatic that she is. Correct. Oh, yeah, she competed in the Georgia State tournament recently. I think I missed it being up 
in New York. Did you get any reports on that? How our good friend Paula Berman did in the Georgia State Tennis Tournament? So I know the first day I think got canceled uh, due Next. to some weather. But but yeah. at the time when it got canceled, they were in first place. Of, of course they were. So that's pretty sweet. And uh, I, uh, after that, I think they might have finished fourth or something. I don't I don't think that it was uh, the outcome that they were necessarily looking for, mm. though. I got to give Paula a ring and offer my condolences to her state championship hopes when it comes to uh, the tennis there. Um, yeah, so I've played Paul. I've played with Oh my gosh, Pico. Cut that, cut that, cut that. Uh, shout out the Always Sunny Pod. Um, I have played tennis with Paula and her friends in the age group around that she is in, which, you know, if you ask her, it's probably about 50 or so, we'll say. Um, and it's riveting. And then I've played a decent amount of tennis recently against Lauren, which is also some good battles. She actually played a little tennis in high school. But I yearn, I yearn for a really great tennis match. Would I find that with you, Mr. Tolevsky? I would love to play you in tennis, although, you know, you've you've beaten me in Wii Sports Baseball before. You've beaten me in, in some Wii Sports Tennis, I believe, too. But when we get down to brass tacks and, and play the real deal, uh, you're mine. Like, you're done for. <laughs> yeah, right, bro. I'm pretty gnarly at tennis. Yeah, I, I don't buy it one bit. Well, I'm athletic. I'm, I'm, I'm a freak of nature. My body is a temple. As I've said, I've actually started lifting weights recently for the first time since my athletic prime. That was high school. Uh, I don't, I'm not an extreme power hitter when it comes to tennis, but boy, is it tough to get a ball by me. You're going to beat yourself before I beat you, but it's tough to beat me. Hey, I also, I think we are of the same mindset. I'm a, I'm a minimized yeah. mistakes person out there on the court. Oh. I'm not necessarily trying to use too much finesse, but uh, let me tell you, man, it's it's not about how much you're pumping in the gym. It's just about good cardio. Yeah, that's a fact. I feel pretty good about what's going on on the inside as well, although uh, the outside definitely doesn't tell the whole story with me. Is there anybody in the office who I really need to look out for when it comes to the tennis courts, or are you the top dog right now? Uh, tough to say. Ian Schrift has given me some unbelievable matches on the court and what you might not know is that the father of chris sachi who you already mentioned on this podcast actually used to be a tennis instructor for the youth of ocean city and the surrounding areas which is pretty crazy so sachi's got some developed techniques here on the courts yeah and sachi's not afraid to share some of the wisdom that his dad imparted on him such as you know you hold the racket like you shake a man's hand Oh, so I, well, it depends on who you ask. That's a very subjective thing there. Some people have firm grips. Some people like going loosey-goosey. What does that even mean? I Look, don't ask me. I never taught tennis. <laughs> I got to ask Mr. Sachi. I, I need a little clarification there. So what have you been doing? I mean, uh, as I've been keeping track of Banana's social media, as one does who works for the company and loves the content that we create, uh, I really enjoyed the breakdown of the foul ball catch into – the bag of popcorn, which I didn't even know happened at the time. I didn't know until we were talking about it as content that we wanted to create. I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed that. I know Yvonne had a big hand in editing that whole thing. Um, That was an absolute delight. And then, you know, the golden batter rule was a very fun breakdown as well. 
yeah, we're obviously experimenting with some new content right now around Banana Land, so looking to do a couple more breakdowns and things of that nature, especially with the launch of the Banana Ball channel. Like, obviously, we're trying to grow the game, and I think one of the ways that we see we can do that and further legitimize all the things that are going on with the bananas, the party animals, and, you know, the firefighters in the near future, it's it's having these breakdowns and being able to look back and analyze not only how crazy everything that's everything that's going on is, but just how awesome and talented all of these guys are at the sport. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm gonna do some really bad podcasting. I wanted to mention how hilarious the podcasting was when you were talking about your shirt, which like we, there's a video component here, so the people on YouTube will understand what's happening. Uh, both of our cameras are insanely lopsided. I don't know how, but mine makes sense because um. Uh, my laptop's perched on a little like mini roof on top of a generator here. Um, wh why is your laptop also so askew? I'm I'm not sure it is, but I'm leaned back in this kind of like rolly chair, and that might be what's deceiving you. I, no, 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 because you're straight. You're looking good. If you look at the cr the crossing of the bricks or the cinder blocks behind you, you can see them going up. But anyway, this makes no sense, and there's no reason to actually bring it up. It's just the, the way my mind wanders when I get into Biko podcasting mode. Uh, when you talk about more things that are happening in Banana Land, there is a show, season two of Banana Land, uh, The Road to Cooperstown. You got to throw after the apostrophe there, which have four episodes in the books today, which I think the podcast is going to come out on Thursday. So technically yesterday, episode five comes out. So Josh and I have not seen it yet. Uh, but through four episodes, personally, been an absolute delight to be a fly on the wall in all kinds of moments that I had not seen and, and experienced, the most of which being the creation of the showdown chase, which uh, was fascinating to see the coaches and and jesse go through all of that what have you enjoyed about season two of banana land here uh just to piggyback off of the showdown chase thing i i really enjoyed that because i had no idea that it kind of happened i think that close to the 2023 tour kicking off and in a sense we watched all the guys in that room throw out the ideas and you just saw how they kind of nitpicked it and eventually perfected it to the way they wanted it to be. And so in a sense, it's like write, it's like watching a great band write a song. They start with a set of lyrics, but eventually they narrow it down to the right lyrics for the song. That's exactly what the showdown chase was like to me. Um, reliving tryouts was very cool oh. because I yeah. essentially missed everything uh, leading up to the 2023 tour until I jumped on the bus to go to West Palm Beach for opening weekend, but I did find a way to make it to the tryouts in mid to late November and getting to see the Vinny DeRubius home run again, Jake Lealios dancing on the mound as Pitbull, and some of the other wacky hijinks that were going on during that day was, was amazing. Yeah, I think my favorite part, I'm sure for folks who don't work for the company, a whole lot of it is being a fly on the wall and seeing things they hadn't seen before. But it's surprising for me how much of that is actually the case. And for the tryout, we were both there. It was on November 19th, my birthday of last year. And uh, we actually ended up holding down the banana stand. There's always money in the banana stand. We held down the banana stand because I don't remember why, but someone didn't show up or this and that. And all of a sudden you were, you were slinging shirts and running cards and 
uh, Chad and I were mostly in there, I think, as emotional support. I think you kind of dominated the whole thing. But that also led to us not experiencing the entirety of the tryout, which was, was pretty cool. And then Evo Shield Day was another thing. I, I think I was up north for that. So it was pretty special to see the guys all fired up about all the new gear they were getting. I'd love to, to give my perspective on this moment as well. Chad! Because um, not only was I uh, in the merch stand with Josh for a good while, we had a great connection <laughs> that day. I honestly feel <laughs> closer to Josh Tulevsky than I ever have. During the actual <laughs> tryout was also the same day that uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet came out. And I was supposed to be up in the press box uh, filming a tryout so that the coaches could watch it later. And I was up there, and I wanted nothing more than to play that game. So I was in the press box, switching cameras while also playing that game. And I was mostly focused. I was mostly focused on Pokemon, I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, so I, I didn't really experience a ton of it either until I got to see that episode. Yeah, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I mean, these things take priorities. And I appreciate you admitting that, Chad. You're, you're a very big person for that. Um, and I'm sure you achieved much in the virtual world as you're also working on your day job. and. I, I never heard any complaints about the camera switching for the broadcast. Now, Chad, remind me, were you out? Because uh, we went out for Biko's birthday that day after the tryouts. Were you out with us that night, or did you decide to play Pokemon instead? Oh. My microphone is not unmuting. There it is. I honestly don't <laughs> remember. I don't, I, don't think I, I don't think I went out, unless we went to social or something, I, what we normally do. I, I don't I don't think I was there. Was was there anything that happened that could rattle my brain a little bit? Uh, nothing nothing stands out other than yeah. really just celebrating because birthday Lauren was in town and everything. And I only remember being at Social Club, to be honest with you. <laughs> I I also only remember Social Club as well. Uh, yeah. So uh, TBD. We'll we'll go back and take a look through whatever media we have to figure out if Chad abandoned me for the new Pokemon games or not. This will uh, definitely have a serious impact on our relationship one way or the other. Um, to, to close down on Banana Land here, uh, Yvonne Trezak has been an early star of the show, especially episode four when we had the greatest showman shoot. But even before that, I mean, you, you realize how important he is behind the scene. And in the earlier episodes, I think especially episode two, Caitlin Scott just absolutely dominating with camera time. I mean, the great people at Rumor, David, Michael, Suki, Jeff, all of them, uh, and everybody else who, who helps out with that, Christina, like the list goes on and on. Uh, they do an amazing job, understandably so, enamored with uh, Caitlin Scott and the bizarre human being that she is. Yeah, I mean, she's always got the quirky quips and interesting yeah. fun facts, hence why we used her countless times on BTV to give us updates on what a drop bear is and whatnot. Um, <laughs> and, and let's face it, I mean, you take Yvonne or Caitlin out of the video or creative team, and, and they've got a bright future being correspondents for BTV, if you ask me. Couldn't agree more. Yvonne uh, hates being in front of the camera, abhors it. Um, you know, we love the rumor people, as I just mentioned, hated having those cameras in our faces all the time. Unlike the likes of myself and Zach Frangelo, who are just trying to weasel our ways into the background of shots and, uh, see if we can get half of our face into any, any piece of video that's being created. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he's got the talent, you know, he just doesn't have the drive, uh, but boy, oh boy, is he amazing on the other side of the camera. Um, so I think we've cleaned up pretty good what's happening on the banana side of things. I mean, uh, except I did not mention 
boy, oh boy, this would be this will be some breaking news about a half hour into the podcast. Uh, Josh has been going back and rescoring every banana ball game before the 2023 tour, as well as before the summer series in 2022. And you have been uncovering incredible tidbits about our young sport. Uh, I'll preface this all by just saying we're making really good work here. Uh, we're on to Kansas City, believe it or not, rescoring the Bananas Monarchs original Challenger series, which right. is very cool. But look, the the gods of Banana Ball are whispering the names of Xavier Lindsay and Nick Clarno because little did we know that back in 2021 when the Bananas played the Catawba Valley Stars – in a game of banana ball, mind you, Nick Claro right. had the first trick play of all time. Glove is in his mouth. He barehands the ball, flips it on. To, no, he takes it to first base himself and records yes. a trick play. And meanwhile, Xavier Lindsay comes in for the stars and throws a one minute and 27 second inning. And it was the fastest of all time in banana ball. And I don't think anybody had any idea that that was the case, which by the way, he is still tied with Jeremy Guthrie for the fastest MPI of all time by a guest pitcher. Xavier Lindsay, Xavier Lindsay. Uh, I mean, a name that will go down in the banana ball history books. In fact, has gone down in the banana ball history books. Brett Helton tied that mark in the opener in West Palm beach on the 2023 tour, which at that point we thought was the record because when Xavier and Lindsay threw his a minute, 27 second inning, we weren't MPI didn't exist. Jesse Cole didn't have the brilliant idea that a really important facet of our young sport would be timing pitchers innings to incentivize how quickly they can work. Um, so yeah, we thought Brett Helton had set the record. It turns out he'd actually tied the record. And then when you go to Nick Clarno, who's currently a minor league baseball player in your Atlanta Braves organization, uh, he gets the first trick play of all time, but because you're doing everything in chronological order, or actually that's not, yes, I, I go back. No. Yes. I've, I've been scoring no. the games in order. Yes. That is why you thought Kyle Lewigs had the first trick play in banana ball history, which by the way, if you've watched any of the broadcasts, uh, you know that Ryan Cox had been credited with the first trick play ever. That was in Columbus, Georgia, in Golden Park on the 2022 tour, the 11th out of the 12 battles between the Nanners and Party Animals. It turns out earlier on that very tour, Kyle Lewigs bounced a ball to first, play, first base, and for a little bit before you got to Nick Clarno and the Catawba Valley Stars banana ball game, Kyle Lewigs, Cowboy Kyle, our dear friend, held the first trick play of all time, but it turns out he has the second. Yeah, it, it was a discussion we had had, and then I, I brought up the fact that Kyle had the first trick play, and believe it or not, it was Zach Brangelo who said, no, Nick Clarno actually did it against the Catawba Valley Stars. I had glossed over it, watched it back, and realized, oh my gosh, Nick did it. And, and the funny story is, Zach told me that Jesse Cole was furious about the trick play because at the time, he wanted the game to be taken very seriously and looked at from a, a legitimate standpoint. And and I feel that it is uh, nonetheless, even though we've had over 600 trick plays across a 87, well, really 84 game 2023 tour. And, and Nick does this trick play. Jesse tells him he's not taking the game seriously. And boy, they hated him because they did not understand his ways. 
<laughs> he was way ahead of his time. Uh, and I talked to Clarno after you let me know and reminded me that this happened. Because if you go back and watch that game, which I don't think you actually can, it, it's in like the Facebook archives. You need admin access to the Bananas Facebook to even see such a thing because it was on Bananas Insiders back in uh, the, the crazy CPL days. But uh, Clarno had like five absolutely bonkers plays over at first base, or at least, you know, was just his antics were were really well ahead of his time. And and I reached out to him, and he also remembered Jesse uh, being quite unhappy with the way he was playing banana ball. But truly, the way he played that game would be really celebrated, and he would be a sought-after player in banana ball here. And we hope that he goes on to have a very long and successful Major League Baseball career, but I can promise you that banana ball will always be a home for Clarno if he ever leaves the uh, affiliated leagues. I think that when the Banana Ball Museum is built at some point, there will be a bronze statue right outside the gates, and Nick Clarno will be in bronze doing the first trick play in Banana Ball history. With a glove in his mouth, barehanding a ground ball. (laughs) And he ran off the field, if I remember correctly, ran off the field with the glove still in his mouth. Uh, yeah, he's, he was built for banana ball. What a, what a talent right there. So that is very fun. You're uncovering many tidbits, just like the two that we unveiled right there. You're, you're learning so much about the history uh, of guys like Ryan Patterson, uh, on the original party animal squad on the one city world tour, Jacob Teston and Kevin Hickey, Mr. Ballon hands, his teammates and Teston being loony. Uh, there's, there's been some insane characters and, and some really incredible runs if you go to the 2022 tour and how a guy like Chris Quitzer, who has now played for Team Spain in the World Baseball Classic and, and is is still playing in uh, independent professional ball, finished, like, I, I'm just going to throw something out there, like seven for his last eight with about five extra base hits. There's, yeah. there's a lot of stuff you're uncovering. He's actually, yes, he finished the tour on an insane run and capped it off with an inside-the-park home run in Rickwood Field. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> It's Chris amazing. Cook. By the way, shout out Myron Mebane. You you oh, have flat. always told the tale of how good he was during the 2021 World Tour. Yeah, he was legit. Yeah, Tallahassee Community College guy, played under Corey Pye, and then was like the Manny Machado of Banana Ball. I mean, just played so smoothly and so slowly. I mean, just never trying to take an extra base, but boy, oh boy, could he get the barrel to the ball uh, and led that first world tour in batting average. So, uh, yeah, um, thank you very much for going back in time. It's it's. We're learning so much about Banana Ball, even though I lived it and broadcasted every one of those games. I was in charge of the stats and and did uh, a less than adequate job while trying to balance that with play-by-play work. Um, and uh, boy, oh boy, it's just, it's amazing. It warms my heart, and I know you're enjoying it as well because it's it's a pretty wild journey. I just, I see it as an, I'm brushing up on my history of the sport and how it's evolved over time. And, uh, just to, to give you a little bit of a of some credit here, I mean, I don't think that at the time when you were keeping all the stats and everything that we realized just how in-depth all the numbers would eventually be. And so now we're at the point where we've got so much data from a 2023 tour that we're looking to have that same amount across every single game that's ever been played. Yeah, for sure. Uh, By the way, and this is a question for Chad, and it might not be answerable now. Um, So far, currently, I have goats screaming behind me. We've got about 25 goats on the farm, and when they want to talk to each other, it's a curdling scream. We also had a train roll through here. It honks its horn, or or it's—what does a train have? A whistle? 
Yes. It's an odd whistle. Yeah, it's not a horn. It blew its whistle probably about five times, as it does while it's passing by the farm for no apparent reason. Uh, and then we had a helicopter go by. So it's just sound effect heaven over here. Uh, I thought you had a soundboard, Josh. Are you going to insert any uh, sound into this podcast from, that you have here as far as sound effects go? <laughs> yeah, you like that one? I loved it. I, I totally uh blew that though because I was I was looking to actually do one of these. There. And instead <laughs> the I did the effect. I yeah, I did yeah. the want want wah sound, so Yeah, it's a wind down and not a pump up. Uh that's okay. This is your first podcast as a host. So right. you know, you're, you're getting there, buddy. You're, as you're well bound as sound to fail a little bit. Correct. So we, we, I think now we've crossed all of our T's and dotted all of our I's when it comes to bananas related things going on in our life over the past month. Uh, I would love to dive into our personal lives because that's why everybody came here. Uh, this is November 1st when we're recording. It'll be November 2nd when it goes out to the world. So we just experienced Halloween and I heard from a little birdie that you had a very eventful Halloween party uh, at Savannah Olinese's house this past weekend. Yeah, this was the second or third annual Booze and Brews. I believe that that is oh, yep. the title of the party. It's either yeah. Booze and Brews Never. or Brews and Booze, but I really don't want Savannah Olinese to come after me with any kind of legal action. So I'll, I'll just hey, apologize up front. I'm sorry, Savannah. Sure. Uh, look, but all I can say is that the party was a smashing success. It was a great time. <laughs> Uh, it was it was mainly an office party, I think, like you'd expect, but there were some really good costumes. In fact, Scooby-Doo and his gang all made an appearance. Who who was Scooby-Doo and who was Scooby's gang? Uh, let's see. Melissa Beal was uh, Scooby-Doo, the talking dog. Makes sense. And uh, I, I don't know if this comes as any sort of surprise. This is three Chris Sachi mentions? Chris Sachi was... Uh, <laughs> was shaggy yeah it's a, a typecasting right there yeah it's the role that he was he was pretty much built for um I think so. amelia and olivia split daphne and velma duty so amelia was daphne and olivia and was velma makes sense to me and then fred was ian shrift Oh, he's got some good Fred to him. I, I don't know if he has the height, and that's not a shot at him. I think he's somewhere in the 5'8 vicinity that I reside in. Uh, but I think comparatively, in general, that's a pretty below average in the height department group. So he might have actually been able to pull it off because of the rest of Scooby's crew. Yeah, and, and what I can't forget as well is that Caitlin Scott was the ghost of one of the original Scooby-Doo villains like from the the sixties and seventies, it's the ghost of like Captain Cutler or something like that. It's Captain Cutler. Yeah, he looks like a scary underwater scuba diver guy. I'm guessing there's pictures on Instagram. I do a horrible job. This is anybody who knows me. I do a very bad job of keeping up with uh, anything social media wise outside of Twitter for the most part. Uh, so I've I've got to do some scrolling on instagram and and see this for myself because it sounds like a, a smash hit as you described it yeah i i promise you uh knowing the folks around here like you open up the old instagram app you're gonna see all the pictures of scooby-doo and his gang and and maybe of a, a couple other of the costumes out there 
Yeah. Well, my my former podcast host, Mr. Barry Aldridge, who is the uh, puppeteer of just about every banana ball team that has ever been founded, uh, he says you you learn a lot about people through Instagram, especially the stories. And I have not. I, every time that I hang out with him, and he reminds me of this, about the knowledge he has gleaned and all he has learned from watching Instagram stories every day, I continue to not heed his advice. But one day I'll watch some stories. I, oh. I watch my fiance's stories if I get a chance, but that's about it. I'll, I'll tell you what, buddy. You, you, learn a, you learn a lot of things from the Instagram stories these days. <laughs> Recently you learn a lot of things, it sounds like you're saying. Oh, no doubt. <laughs> oh gosh okay did, did this have did the instagram stories that you've recently seen and learned so much from have any effect on your experience at this party uh it's just events that transpired across the same weekend i would say you know correlation we can't tell uh, So, did you enjoy yourself it sounds like you did yeah i i had a great time i i showed up everybody was of course in their costumes i went as mike lindell the my pillow salesman which I did, I did not know until Yvonne Trezak uh, spoke to me that that this was this was a man of of somewhat controversial. You know, he's he's somewhat of a, a topical guy. Now I know you don't delve into the world of politics too much, but I am still absolutely astonished that you did not know what Mike Lindell's been up to over the past six plus years. I'm gonna say. I mean, he, he's he's been unavoidable for me. I, I had absolutely no idea, and and to be honest, that's my bad. I was just looking for costume ideas with clothes that I have. I'm a minimalist when it comes to Halloween. I like using costumes with clothes I already own instead of spending $70 on something I'm only going to use one time. And I was looking for, like, niche cultural references and was like, oh, I could be, like, an infomercial guy. Well, like Billy Mays didn't really work for me, but but I came across I Mike, I, I came across Mike Lindell and was like, oh, that that'll work. You made a serious political statement by dressing up as Mike Lindell. I mean, you you put your foot down in the sand and you said, this is what I believe in, and this is somebody who I lionize so much that I would like to pretend to be them for a night. I I wouldn't necessarily say that. I, I made a blind political statement. I would say. <laughs> This is like a Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. Like Larry would would dress up as Mike Lindell and then end up getting in a huge fight over it because he had no idea about the strong uh, political affiliations and claims that this person has made. I I really just wanted to show up to a party with my pillow and and make a bunch of jokes. Right. Which I'm sure you did and and you were able to accomplish. And I'm sure you were not crucified for for dressing up as Mike Lindell here. No, it, it didn't really feel like it. So... You know, a lot cool. of people, to be honest, got a good laugh out of it. Um, <laughs> Kyle and Kara, two folks, in fact. And, you know, it was an overall great night. Uh, Salsa, uh, Becca's dog, Savannah Alanese's roommate, was actually dressed as a chip. So it was pretty meta, I would say. That's funny. That's very funny. I love Salsa. Salsa loves me, if yeah. you know what I mean. Salsa loves uh, everyone. Yeah, well, that's for sure, especially the fellas. Uh, okay, sweet. Now, I I just have to get this out there. I did chat with our dear friend Cowboy Kyle, who continues to be brought up on this pilot episode of our podcast as well, and uh, I found out that you ended up going home with Kyle and, and had an eventful end to your evening. How how did that come about? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, was, it was an unfortunate 
time at the end, I guess. You know, you, you get to the party, and I had watched the Georgia-Florida game with your host mom, Paul, at Coach's Corner. Yeah. And, and you know, had a good time. Zach Brew was also in attendance. We go home. We change into our costumes and show up and everything. And, you know, there's there's some witch's brew punch that has been made. And I oh. think I didn't really realize at the time how pungent this this punch was, you know. But then watching <laughs> Becca refill the punch, I should have had a better idea of what was going on. I also yeah. dove into a Tropicalia or two. I just couldn't resist oh. Athens' finest. <laughs> Especially after a Georgia win. I mean, huge win over the Gators. And then yeah. Go dogs. We, we played two games of Chandelier. And oh, that's, one of my favorites. The first game went swimmingly. I mean, I didn't – I was just sinking every shot, first try, moving the cups wherever I wanted to, just suffered absolutely no consequences. And then in the second game, I paid for it. I mean, karma was very much real. I couldn't sink a single shot. Everybody was stacking on me, and then I got left with the uh, the last cup. Oh, and it was a death cup as per tradition? Yep, death cup. You never know what's in that thing. And mm. Yeah, it was uh, it was pretty crazy. I, I just I went after it. I wanted everybody to know, you know, I'm I'm here, I'm willing to drink this. I, I accept the penalty of losing. And as oh, I yeah, was, yeah. as I was drinking it, it just started spilling all over my shirt and everything. Oh, you're not a quitter. You're not a quitter. But I'm not a quitter. That's the thing. Right. I'm not a quitter. But you know no. And you're cool and you're a fun time and you can prove that you can persevere through anything that life throws your way. Yeah, but I don't think everybody was amused at the fact that the drink was also just going all over the floor. <laughs> well, that comes with the territory. I mean, you're, you gave it your best effort, right? You weren't dumping it out on purpose. And what happens after, you know, you, you drink the cup and everything is all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Cowboy Kyle Lewigs is coming up to you and saying, come on, man, let's get in the car and go home. And I'm like, okay, that sounds awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm telling everybody goodbye, and, and things are definitely a haze, in a sense. And uh, what do you know? I, I get in the car with, with Kyle and them, and leave to head back. Kyle picks me up uh, into their place, and, you know, then he's just uh, he's talking me through some things and making sure I'm drinking, drinking some water. Okay, yeah. All right. So, it, and I talked to Kyle. It, it didn't end too prettily, but you survived the night. Did you sleep on the bathroom floor as you have been known to do? No, and I'll have it on the record, by the way, that the times yeah. that I have slept on a bathroom floor were because it was hot outside. And <laughs> it was, it's because I've been at Paula Berman's. We've been hanging out by the pool. It's still hot, right. even though it's like 2 a.m. I get in the bathroom to use it, and then I feel the tile on my feet. Because I'm, I'm usually, you know, bare feet at this point, and the tile feels so cool. And I just have this split second where I'm like, I'm going to take a five-minute nap and then go and join everybody back outside, and I never yeah, get back yeah. up. 
It's a rookie mistake. That's how I missed my first flight in my life after Patrick Briordi and uh, Tori's wedding this past fall was, and it was son of a gun with Cowboy Kyle Lewis. I was over at his previous abode uh, and decided when I had to get an Uber to the airport in about a half an hour, uh, I would take a 20 minute cat nap. I just couldn't, I couldn't keep the eyes open. And it was a wedding. So I'd been properly lubricated naturally as like you did. I, I'm, I'm, I'm a party fella i'm a, I'm a good time you want me at your celebrations and i'm, I'm gonna prove that uh and yeah i missed i missed my about 7 a.m flight or whatever and then had to take one at 9 p.m so uh well yeah i talked to kyle he was very happy so it was it turns out that kara was the one who noticed um how much it had gotten you kyle had no idea that you were as the kids say sauced uh, and, and Kara said, Hey, looking at Josh, we should probably just take him home. He might need to be taken care of. And Kyle said, yeah, sure. And he went up to you. Uh, this would be a great time to have our first guest, but we'll, we'll have Kyle on at some point. Uh, and, and Kyle, and Kyle said, Hey, Josh, like you want to come back and, and stay at our place? We got an Uber coming and you turned to him and it, there was nothing behind your eyes. He, he was like, yeah. And he was like, Oh my gosh, how'd this happen to Josh? But he did say you were fine on the ride home. Uh, and then he thinks you had some really deep talks in the bathroom, but he can't recall them himself. Although he thinks you guys chatted for like three hours. I don't think we chatted for three hours. I think we chatted for like 20 minutes or something. I don't <laughs> really I know. Good. And, and by the way, uh, you know, at this point I can put it on the record. I am the first person to stay in the guest bedroom of Kara Heater. And I think that's pretty awesome. That's quite an honor. That's quite an honor of the condo. Uh, yeah, that's congratulations to you. Thank you. I've, I have slept there, but I slept on the floor. So, you know, I never had access to the guest bedroom. You've you've gotten a, a whole place further in your relationship with our good friends, Karen, Kyle, than I have. Uh, well, thank you for being so vulnerable on our first episode and, and sharing your uh, very fun and then a little bit unfortunate ending to your Halloween uh, celebration this past weekend. I'm, I'm, I'm honored, you know, in a sense. And, and this is what the podcast is all about, just... Just guys Correct. being dudes and whatnot. Pico, did you did you do anything eventful for Halloween last night? No, not at all. Uh, I drove upstate from my uh, apartment in Jersey City, and I slept at the farm. I was asleep by uh, probably about 1130. Uh, had dinner at Casa Valarte, which if anybody's seen Casa Bonita from the South Park episode, which I have heard is an actual place. Um, it, it is actually a chain. I don't know if it's only in Colorado, but it exists. Uh, Casa Valarte, I think, is very similar to Casa Bonita. This is in Kingston, New York, um, but delicious. Like, it's delicious food. I mean, it's you know, it's a chain restaurant, but I'd hit the spot. They give you unlimited bean dip and salsa and chips, and and that's that's terrific for a guy like me. Uh, so yeah, nice dinner with Lauren and her brother Joe, who who had flown in from uh, Austin. So that was delightful. And then this past weekend, I had an intimate uh, Halloween party at, at a pal's house where I was a cat. And also Michael, Lauren's younger brother, uh, was there for about a half an hour of the party and made me also act like a cat for just about the majority of that half hour. So I was on my hands and knees and like batting around toys that he was he was showing me. <laughs> just a classic event with uh, myself, Michael, and a lot of my peers. So, you know, just I met a, a significant other of one of my dear friends for the first time and the first half an hour or so that he met me, I was just crawling around on the floor, batting around stuff and basically biting Michael. <laughs> classic. <laughs> the what an awesome first impression. <laughs> correct, correct. Uh, so yeah, that, that was delightful. This was probably the least I have done as far as celebration and costume 
in in Halloween for as far back as I can remember, possibly ever. But uh, it was relaxing. Um, and and I think it's so we could get back on track here a little bit. This is where we could throw in a little segment. Uh, you know, we we prepare a little things. We think about what we want to add to our podcast. Uh, I would love to travel back in time and uh, discuss our five favorite costumes that we have worn of all time. Josh, I'd like to start with you. Okay. Uh, am I am I firing through all five? Or are we kind of we alternating here? Let's go back and forth. Okay. I think I'm gonna put it number five. Rex Quando from Napoleon Dynamite. I did that last last Halloween, and I was kind of disappointed. A lot of people didn't really understand it, but overall, I thought it was a fun costume. I was walking around on a college campus in American like pants all day, so it was pretty loud. I feel like a lot of American. people were just. Oh, like a flag. I was like, what is American pants? Yeah, American flag pants. So one Correct. leg has the stripes and the other leg has the stars. Right. And, and you know, overall, it was a very memorable Halloween for me. It was a hit, actually, in my Home and Gardens journalism class. Uh, of of infamy. That's a podcast for another day. Uh, okay, terrific. I'd say for number five for me, I'm going to say I was a 70s. I just said 70s, but we were workout instructors, me and my pals uh, in high school, which meant we're basically wearing tank tops and booty shorts. And I wore booty shorts that I had acquired from a wrestling camp uh, up in Maine way back when I was in like eighth or ninth grade that uh, one of my elder teammates purchased for me under the uh, guys that I would wear them back to we were camping out to the to the camp out and the reason why I was so silly that I would do that is because they were pink and insanely short like very revealing and on the back it just said got ass uh, so <laughs> I wore that to school and tried to just drape the the, the uh, tank top over them anytime like a teacher may have been looking at me because that would get me dress coded uh, and I was able to survive an entire day at school in in that outfit. So yeah, that's that's probably number five for me. I would love to bring Chad Reese in here. Let's get our coordinating producer, Chad. You weren't prepared for this, but on the spot, can you give us your fifth favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? I think when I was younger can't remember exactly the age. Um, I was really into The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker on the GameCube. And I dressed as Link, uh, the, the main character. And yeah. it was the only time, I think, that I've made a fully like, handmade Halloween costume. My mom and I sewed up like the, the hat and the tunic. And my dad made a sword and a shield out of wood. Um, and I loved that thing. I thought it was, I thought it was awesome. Um, and I think that I, for a short period of time afterwards, uh, refused to take it off. I think I wore it constantly, uh, as much as I could. So uh, I, I well, love that cool. one. It's cool that you did that. I mean, anybody your age would have said that was pretty badass that you were wearing <laughs> that costume all the time, whether it was Halloween or not. Come on now. Okay, I don't know what we missed and what we have, but that's okay. Josh, give us another costume. Um, I'm going to go with a little uh, recall to my childhood as well. Uh, my parents really enjoyed dressing me up as Charlie Brown multiple years as a youngin, and I think it was because they liked seeing me wear the, the silly striped shirt and then go up to the houses and say, I got a rock. Yeah, that's funny. I like that. That's good stuff. I'll go back to my childhood for, I think, about three straight years from, like, five to seven years old or so. I was a knight. Like, I was just – I had a knight costume, and I really wanted to be a knight. It was not any knight in particular. It was just your classic medieval 
you know, night. So anyway, that's that's what I've got. Chad, do you have another one for us? Um, I think I went as a Power Ranger probably four years in a row. <laughs> the red yeah. Power Ranger specifically. <laughs> the red one? Oh, yeah, the red one. <laughs> Why the red one? Red's the best color, dude. What do you mean? Uh, I'm a blue guy, but that's okay. It's a... It's a debate for another podcast. He All right, the Josh. T-Rex, dude. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> he was the T-Rex. Let's see. Number three, I'm going to yeah. go with Beetlejuice. I did Beetlejuice, the classic uh, 80s movie character one time. Full makeup and everything. I did not dye my hair for it. That's something I okay. have never done. I've never dyed my hair. I don't really think I ever want to dye my hair. But, you know, I put on a little makeup, and I actually bought, like, you know, uh, a, a suit and pants essentially from Goodwill and then kind of hacked it up to my liking to make it look like a Beetlejuice suit. <laughs> that's pretty That's pretty wise. I like that a lot. Uh, okay, I think number three for me will be uh, Morty from Rick and Morty. My Me and my uh, college roommate, Kurt Jorgensen, my third and final year at Syracuse were Rick and Morty and ran into another Rick and Morty out on the campus. So that was, that was a delightful cosplay moment for us. Uh, Chad. Let's see. Last year, Kate and I, my girlfriend were twin robots from the show neon Genesis Evangelion. I was Evangelion unit zero and she was, no, I was Evangelion unit one. She was unit two. <laughs> I was a big purple robot. And she was a big red robot. And that was awesome because in the show, they're piloted by people, you know, they're giant robots being a pilot. Uh, we were walking around downtown one night and uh, we ran into two people dressed as the characters that pilot the robots. So that was a great moment. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, that was, that, was, that was awesome. Did you let them hop on your backs and pilot you around the town? Kate's four foot nine, so she didn't, but I did. Oh, that's good stuff. All right, Josh. Yeah, let's see. Number two, I'm gonna I'm gonna do Barnacle Boy. I did Barnacle Boy for uh, Halloween one time. Did it on a sorority date night with uh, somebody. And uh, what's what's really crazy is <laughs> this never happened in the TV show, mind you. Uh, Barnacle Boy and, <laughs> and Mermaid Man might have uh might have kissed a time or two and. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I don't know how I feel about that in retrospect, but you know, how'd you good, feel about it? It was a great costume. <laughs> how'd you feel about it in the moment? I mean, obviously you were doing it, so the kissing. I mean, yeah, you were. That's what you were doing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a, it was a good costume. We were we were very popular amongst all the people at the event, and we just wanted to, I guess, you know, remember that. Well, yeah. Well, this okay. Yeah. Well. There's so much more I've got, but it might be for another day. Um, okay, terrific. I, I, I really appreciate that one. Uh, number two for me, I think, is going to be, oh, it's tough between my top two. I think I'm going to go Macho Man Randy Savage, another Kurt and Biko uh, combo costume. He was Hulk Hogan. That was our freshman year at Cuse, uh, and, and that was quite a riot. I, I really enjoyed being Macho Man Randy Savage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What do you got, buddy? The cream will rise to the top. <laughs> uh, a, a staple of 
my mom's ability to make Halloween costumes was for some reason uh, the easiest answer that she saw was to to paint some black eyeshadow on one of our eyes and then a big letter P on our shirt. So I was a black eyed P. <laughs> that one was a repeat so many times when uh, we had no idea what else to do. That's good stuff. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> You're on fire, man. All right, we have come to our final round. Your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn, Josh Talensky. Yeah, the cream of the crop is going to be Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Uh, big fan of the movie. Uh, I, I think Christian, Christian Bale is phenomenal. I did go as Patrick Bateman again this year. Second time I've done the costume. And, oh, okay, okay. And both times it's been very popular with the people. It, it's kind of elaborate. You dress up relatively nice. You put on like a rain poncho to be the raincoat. You can like makeshift an axe if you want. You can carry around a couple CDs and do the whole you like Huey Lewis in the news bit. It, it's a great costume. I I feel like I'm I have a fun time with it. Right, and part of how you were hired by the Bananas in the first place is you turned that very scene into just trying to take your pal to a banana ball game. It was genius. Yep, that uh, that was is also probably a story for another podcast, tell you the truth. Couldn't agree more. Okay, so my top one I'm going to say was Dionysus. That was back in Jamaica, Queens, probably about five years ago or so. It was just a sheet and uh, some grapes, really. And by the end of the night, I or other people had eaten all the grapes off of my head. Uh, but it, it was it was a riot. And um, it was good. You know, I think my friend Lauren Ball was Medusa. And gosh, my fiance Lauren, a girlfriend at the time, couldn't tell you what she was, but that's, who knows? Well, it was something Greek mythology related. Uh, Chad, your favorite Halloween costume all time? Well, uh mythology related as well Biko. a uh, little context uh my sophomore year of college my dad really urged me to throw out some facial hair never done it like just see what it looks like i was like okay sure and i basically could just grow like the worst uh like goatee that didn't look great but also growing out my hair at the time you know i've got some long brown hair and so i'm like you know what screw it i'm gonna be jesus christ so <laughs> I got a crown of thorns. I got a uh, a nice robe with like the red sash. I didn't stigmatize myself, but you know that that would be a little too much. But uh, I did make sure to ride my skateboard all around campus and just give out as many blessings as I could. I had a math test that day, and I I do think that that is really what what pushed me over the top to get an A on that. So uh, that was that was a really good one. That's tremendous. That's uh, really good stuff right there. I like the riding around on the skateboard as well. I saw a, a really good Jesus costume online on Twitter recently where it was, he was like, I think he had turned his hoverboard into like a cloud and was actually legitimately going around town with a loaf of bread and handing it out to people. So uh, I like that as, as well. I think my favorite I saw online was the Randy Johnson and the bird. I don't know if you guys saw that. It's what incredible. a classic. Yeah, that one yeah. was phenomenal. Such a good Randy, too. Like, that guy was meant to be Randy Johnson. It just found the perfect combo for him. Uh, yes, that's great stuff. Oh, I feel like we are probably about the time when we should shut this podcast down. We have also have other things we have to do with our lives. We did also want to do a Halloween candy draft. Uh, coordinating producer Chad Reese, do we have the time to do a Halloween candy draft? We're about 55 minutes in right now, so that's up to you guys. Oh. 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 All right. Oh. Uh, lightning round? 
Yeah, lightning round. Okay, sweet. Who wants to go first? I'm going to take Reese's. <laughs> All right, well, okay, Reese's. This, this puts me in an unfair advantage because I have a peanut a, allergy. That was a poorly timed cricket sound. Yeah, well, I jumped the gun. I, I should... I should know that the sound guys, well, we're going to find our stride eventually, but this is the first time we've created this podcast. So, yeah, we'll get this, there. We'll get there. We'll get there. All right, I've got Reese's. We'll go Serpentine since this is a draft. We'll go top four. Uh, I think that bounces it to Chad next. Is this Halloween? Is this candy that you get while you're trick-or-treating? I, I just yeah. candy in general? Yeah, yeah. I, I, if you've never gotten this candy trick-or-treating, I don't think it's legal. But if you've ever gotten it trick-or-treating, then it counts as Halloween candy. That's okay. fair. I will go Sour Patch Kids Watermelon. Watermelons, nice. Uh, I think I'm going to take a classic Twix bar. Okay, and you've got another one snaking back to you. Yeah, I'll also double down and take a Butterfinger bar. Ooh, nice. Chad. I'll take a classic Hershey's bar. Oh, just some straight up chocolate. Yep. Uh, yep, that's fair enough. I'm going to go Snickers. Uh, I'm a huge Snickers guy, and I'd like some nerds too. Those things taste so good. Crunch them up, just straight sugar, right? And right, I'm not a huge sugar guy, but for some reason, that kind of sugar straight to my taste buds uh, absolutely rocks. Back to Chad. Uh, same realm, fun dip. Ooh. Nice. Yeah, that's a fun one. Literally. Uh, let me see. I've got to double down on my picks here, don't I? Yeah, you do. Okay. Last two, buddy. I think I will take some Skittles. Yeah. And then I think for my last pick, and this one is going to be a little out there, kind of similar to Chad's, but I'm going to do the Hershey's Cookies and Cream Bar. Those are delicious. Okay. I do really Chad. like the Cookies and Cream Bar. Um, my other, my favorite candy of all time growing up, uh, was Smarties. 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 It's good stuff. That's good stuff right there. Uh, okay. I am going to close it down with uh, another contentious pick. Many people hate it. I absolutely love it. Give me Almond Joy. Wow. Yeah. I, I uh, actually like an Almond Joy as well. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sweet. So that, that gives us, uh, gosh. Chad, what was your second or third pick? I've got Fun Dip, and I'm missing one for you. I said Sour Patch Kids Watermelons, Classic Hershey's Bar, Fun Dip. Uh, that's what I was missing. Okay, so the final tally, Biko got Reese's, Snickers, Nerds, Almond Joy, Chad, Sour Patch Kid Watermelons, Hershey's, Straight Up the Ridge, Fun Dip, and Smarties, and Josh... At the back end of the draft, got Twix, Butterfingers, Skittles, and the Hershey's Cookies and Cream. And we yeah. totally skipped over the Kit Kat bar, which also feels like a big swing and a miss. We've oh! all just had the same reaction. Wow. Head That's back in the miss. chair, looking up at the ceiling in disappointment. There it is. That's a huge miss. All right. Well, you know, honorable mention for Kit Kat. Uh, okay, sweet. So I think what we're going to do with this podcast, I think we'll do it once a week and we'll see how that goes. Um, we're going to be posting it to YouTube. So you may have been watching us this entire time um, or you were listening. Either way, thank you so much for doing so. Um, and I think we'll release every Thursday. 
because that can give us a fresh episode of Banana Land. Although the way when I say that, we also haven't watched the episode of Banana Land that will be released tonight, right? We're still doing scheduled releases of those, or is it literally out as I'm speaking? No, I believe it is still a scheduled release. It'll go live at 8 p.m. tonight. Okay, cool. All right, sweet. Uh, we'll figure out how we want to tackle Banana Land. Maybe we're just always talking about last week's episode. In front, the timeline doesn't quite make sense to me. But we'll figure it out one we, way or well, another. Well, we'll... My people will talk with your people, okay? Yeah, 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 yeah. Could not agree more. Uh, Chad Reese, real quick, I, I can't believe I wanted to ask you this question. I forgot before we shut it down. Uh, what did you do for Halloween? Did you have a, a delightful, spooky season? Hold on. I had to get my mic unmuted. I had a great Halloween <laughs> season. Favorite time of year. Watched tons of horror movies. Ate tons of candy. Had an absolute blast. Couldn't have asked for a better year. Oh. Delightful. Um, okay, so I think the future of this podcast has uh, some guests from time to time. We'll discuss uh, what kind of music we're listening to, maybe some television, some movies, you know, classic world events. Um, we'll, we'll solve a lot of the, the issues that plague this earth in, in this tumultuous, uh, tumultuous time that, that we currently live in. Um, it, it's pretty much going to be an X, Y, and Z type affair. Uh, I think this was a pretty good example of what you'll get from the Rain Delay podcast. You know, you guys agree, disagree, have any other additions, things that you think we should cover here? I'm, I'm feeling pretty strong about this. I, I think the critical acclaim will be, will be something like this. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very moderate golf clap right there. And I'd be happy if we had that many people clapping after our first episode. Um, also, something to note, we do plan to record this live on one social media or another in the future, possibly TikTok, possibly YouTube. Um, we'll we'll kind of figure that out when we figure it out. So that will be an opportunity. Um, and, and how should people reach us? If they want us to talk about something on the podcast, I mean, I'm Bico Rico Suave on twitter you can try and dm me there you can email any of us at our names and then at the savannah bananas you can find our contact information at the savannahbananas.com maybe we create an email for the rain delay podcast where people can send in podcast related questions in particular um and then if we're going live we can actually address comments that are being dropped in in whatever medium we are currently going live on as well yeah email address feels particularly strong but i'm, I'm not opposed to a good twitter dm every now and then i mean x my bad my bad yeah shame on you yeah let us know what kind of guests you would want on i mean there's there's all kinds of things the ceiling is the roof as michael jordan has been known to say um and then we have to figure out how to close down the podcast you know like Pardon My Take has the remixes of, of Take On Me. Uh, you know, Bill Simmons plays some Pearl Jam. Uh, what's the best way for us to conclude? Uh, maybe we should, and this is a future idea, and it's come to me in the moment. Maybe we should rehearse and then perform a musical number, an original, uh, between us. Then obviously, we're virtual right now. I'm in Socrates, New York. My partners are in Savannah, Georgia. So that will get a lot better when we're back in person. And it will be very interesting trying it virtually. That's just top of the brain. Any any ideas you guys have? Yeah, uh, a good original song by us could always be fun. I don't imagine how we'd be able to do it other than a cappella. Un right. Unless we know some, some musically inclined uh, folks instrumentally. Uh, otherwise, uh, my pitch just for this episode because it's November 1st, Green Day has had to go back to sleep. 
We woke yeah. them up when September ended, and now they must go back into their 11-month hibernation. Maybe we'll just we'll close it down with a little green day of some sort, a little good riddance. Oh, wow. Do you know, do we sing good riddance? Do you know the lyrics to good riddance? Oh, I, I know like the first lyric, but I don't, I don't I mean, know we too have much known. after that. We could look it up. Do you envision us playing this? Like, is this a Chad in post does it, or do we perform this? Up to you guys. I I feel like we should probably perform it, you know? like The easy thing to say would be we, we let our good friends at Green Day play us out, but the bananas way, thinking differently, would be if we just did an impromptu good riddance right here, right now. Uh, by the way, real quick, it is now officially November, my birth month. Um, shout out Scorpios. Uh, Josh, you had to shave your mustache for charity. We talked about if you're bringing it back, maybe it'd be a Movember thing. How are you? What are you thinking about that right now? I'm I'm feeling pretty gung ho about Movember. I've got to be honest. I shaved uh, right before Halloween to be Patrick Bateman, and I'm I'm feeling like I'm gonna. I'm not gonna shave. It's Movember. All right, sweet. So that'll be fun to track through these videos as well. Okay, you guys ready to perform Good Riddance? Yes. Okay, we're going to not say the first word because obviously it starts with like a little guitaring and then an expletive and then yeah. some more guitaring. We'll just start with uh, another turning point. Yeah, you want me to do like the little... Yes, please. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's, it's not, not a question, but a lesson learned in time. time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. So take the photographs and still print in your mind. Hang it on a shelf in good health and good time. Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial. For what it's worth, it was worth all the while. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope you had the time of your life. <laughs> yeah, it's really hard to instrumental a uh, a violin. It's something unpredictable, but in the end it's right. I hope, hope you had, had the time of your, your life. All right, they they go through it again, but you know it's you, that's, we'll think, fix that I'm, in we'll fix that in post too. Yeah, no doubt about that. Uh, I think I think that's a great way to close down a podcast. We did great. Congratulations, guys. Congrats. It's only Congrats up from everybody. here. Oh, you're telling me. <laughs>
Thank you, everybody, for listening or watching. Oh, we could probably do a see you later. That does it. That that uh, that also works, right? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, see you later on three. One, two, three. See you later. Inaugural podcast.